0: All right, Dory Bennett, Scott Ligo, what's up, coaches? Uh, check out Dory at, uh, at Coach's Daughter, right? <laughs> we can talk about that. And uh, Scott with Student Athletes Advocates um, breaking down the recruiting process from, you know, from birth to high school, through high school to college, uh, because it seems like the recruiting process starts so early from, from, uh, from every aspect. Anyway, I'm joking around guys. Uh, how are you guys doing on this, uh, Monday evening?
1: Doing well. I'm doing great. Uh, Yeah. Finished a, you know, a full on day of remote teaching with math. Kids understand linear relationships, how to correct them and be ready for the retake this week. So it was full on game on hundred straight minutes per class. It was. Ah, <laughs> She's like, every, this is fine. This is fine.
2: Here is well, I'm going to I'm going to talk about a subject that I, that I know about football because I don't know what words she just said about that. Any of that linear stuff that's out of my ballpark. <laughs> I can't think of that. Um, just happy to, uh, you know, be here, but, uh, you know, kind of frustrating news today. Obviously, we all kind of probably felt like this was going to happen with Washington. So, frustrating that uh, you can't play for the championship and uh, the weird 2020 year continues itself on. Yeah, well, That's let's get into sure. that
0: right away, <laughs> uh, Scott. um you know, w- w- there's been rumors about it. Obviously, we knew that there was, you know, um, you know the COVID outbreak of what happened with the uh, University of Washington. They didn't play last week. Um, they were waiting till Monday uh, to make a determination whether they were going to play in the PAC- Pac-12 championship on Friday, which gives them less time, right? Because they were losing a day. I don't understand why they couldn't push it back, but that's a whole other conversation but they were losing a day because of these COVID results. And it seems like um, there were certain groups that were affected the most. What, what was some of the things that you heard about, especially when it came down to the groups uh, for UW that were affected and, and how that played a part in making that decision?
2: Well, just before I get, uh, got on with you guys, I listened to Jimmy Lake tonight on uh, the local station KJR and um, you know, they've had literally a case a day, at least one case a day since last week. So it's just running rampant there. And I guess that on the university, it's even doubled the amount. So if you, you know, you know parlayed into the athletic department what that looks like. Um, they, he you know, referenced earlier today in the press conference that the whole offensive line was out. Obviously, you can't go into a game without your offensive line. Um, you know, look what happened. You know, the good thing about the Sarah Fuller story is that she got to kick. The bad part about the Sarah Fuller story was the Vanderbilt special teams room got decimated and that's why they had to end up going with the Sarah Fuller situation. So obviously you can't go into a game without your offensive line, uh, and it, you know, and for HIPAA reasons, they really couldn't mention any more, much more than that. But bottom line is, I mean, it's just rampant, rampant and they can't control it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's 2020, uh, you know, doing its rearing head. And uh, I think it's hilarious when you think about it, that uh, Washington can win the North Southern Cal could win the South and Oregon could be the PAC 12 champions. And maybe their coach, which we'll talk about later, could be heading to Auburn by Sunday. So talk about a good week, you know, for uh, Pac-12. So it's, uh, it's interesting. The whole thing is interesting. But uh, that kind of sucks for the dogs. They couldn't play the game. Dory.
1: Well, I think, I mean, all, all, those, all those pieces true and all those facts true. And I just started thinking, well, some of these teams, COVID hit them early. And then they got to play all the rest of their games. I mean, that, then it didn't come back through their program. So there's a part of me that was like, well, why couldn't we have had it hit sooner? You know, we were all, the, the, the dogs were dialed in and, and had really low, low numbers on positive tests. And then all of a sudden it just explodes. And nobody seems to have a rhyme or reason as to why it did. I was listening to Jen Cohn on uh, on an interview, our AD and, and you know, she said, she said, we don't know why. We can't track where it started. Um, You know, the, the, everybody, but you know, people are going to the store, they're going out, they're doing these things. And quite possibly, and she didn't say this, but if you're going out and not taking care of precautions, then all it takes is one person like all it takes is one person and or one guy's girlfriend or they were with family over thanksgiving or the girlfriend and i'm not blaming this on the girlfriends by the way but just trying to track where it's coming from even with contact tracing trying to figure out where it originated is still a a mystery it's still a mystery. So, I was just like, well, who? If if this was going to go through every team, what well, I would have wished it earlier on this because then I don't know, who knows what would have happened. That's just a thought I had today. Thought I'd share.
0: Um a buddy of mine, his son is at Dartmouth. He's a Dartmouth uh, lacrosse player. Um, it's a really kind of messed up situation, right, that everybody's in. But he actually had to fly back to Dartmouth in the fall in order for him to take his online classes. Okay? So, just, just so he wasn't in class. He had to be online, but he had to be in his dorm. Obviously, there's certain reasons for that. But in talking with him, and the reason I bring this up is um, he's 20 years old, he's going to be 21. Um, There seems to be an invincibility about this age and the lack of concern at this age uh, because they only see but so far and they see certain groups that they're surrounded by being affected by. So, you know, like one of the things he mentioned was he's saying that Uh, There's been more announcement about suicide rates at Dartmouth this past year, you know, and talking about mental health and things like that. And they're just not feeling that vibe of, you know, of pretty much staying home, taking care of one, one another and the next person. So I'm not making excuses, but I'm just saying this is some of the things that we're dealing with, with this age group. When we're talking about freshmen, sophomore, juniors, and seniors, and we expect them to all, we expect them to behave a certain way or, or do, you know, even if it's 99% of them doing the right thing. So there's a lot of things that are playing a part. And it's, my point is the PAC 12, the coaches, the league, they put them in these positions. Yeah. Right? To make those decisions. And this is not something that we said, hey, chill out for two weeks. We saw professional NBA players struggling at Disney World, having everything catered to them, let alone trying to do the right thing, let alone kids on campus, off campus, doing everything else, and you expect them – to kind of do the right thing. So it, it's just, it, it's almost an impossible situation that has happened across board. And it's not to make excuses. It's just the facts.
1: Yeah. But so then tell me, I mean, I, I was, I was watching, uh, I can't remember, but uh, must've been, EFN, and they were interviewing the commissioner of the SEC. Okay. And, up till now, one game in the SEC got canceled because they start early. They had two-week buffers in their season. They could move pieces around, postponements, rescheduling, and, and, and they've played, they're going to be playing 11 games plus a championship. So my thing is this. It's not that it can't be done. It's the fact that the Pac-12 made it impossible for the teams and the universities to have the chance to get through a season. That's a bigger, I think that's a, a bigger talking point than Washington can't yeah. play in the Pac-12 championship.
2: Without a doubt. I, and I think, and Coach like alluded to, to it today. I mean, there's no wiggle room. Uh, well knew I mean the scientists or whatever you believe in or whatever thought you think they all said it was going to get worse in the winter we 're here. The numbers are you know they are what they are, three thousand people a day dying i mean it 's worse than it was and yeah. it begins that wiggle and he's serious. All the things that they did. yeah they did they could have started way earlier. they should have done all these things and you know i mean i 'll be honest with you, you know the guys got really screwed out of this whole deal I mean it sucks for the dogs. I wish they were playing i you know wish they had a chance to do it is uh look at Colorado I mean. Who are they playing? I mean, are they going to call the Mountain West team? Or they – I mean, you just take Oregon, move them over, and then you give them the you know proverbial – Well, sorry, Colorado supposed was to to play,
0: supposed to play Oregon this week, right?
2: So that's what I'm saying. Oregon now moves to the championship game. So Colorado's the one. And where, again, is our good friend Larry Scott in the Pac-12, in the leadership, saying, well, this is how we're going to handle this if this goes – I mean, the scenario was there last week. If you didn't think that scenario was there that Washington could – if you, if you think about it, there's been no team that's gone into one week of this deal and we survived the next week. So yeah. I thought, sure, this wasn't going to happen. You know, I, I thought by miracle chance, maybe something Monday. But, you know, to your point, Will, Friday night but game, they also, man, that one day less kills you. You just don't have that more time for you.
1: So. Well, and, but they also have – this is the first, first time in the entire season for the Pac-12 that they moved a decision on whether or not there was going to be a game to a Monday noon decision. I mean, look what happened with the Cougars and Cal. 90 minutes before game time, and the, and it gets canceled. And I know they had to do it for travel reasons or whatever, but it's not like you're going to go down to USC and spend a day in, or spend spend any extra time in LA. You're gonna fly down, play the game, and leave. So why did they move it to a Monday noon decision deadline as well?
0: Um. I, I, really? would, I would probably guess that that was a Fox decision. I'm pretty sure the network's at They've
1: Fox. been advertising the heck out of this thing since Saturday.
0: Correct, and they're not going to move from their Friday slot. And the Fox turned around and said, you guys got to come up with a plan. I don't care who's playing. You guys are playing Friday night. And, and, and let's be honest with you. We've talked about this before. With the whole reason we're even playing a season is because of money. And if we think it is nothing other reason, then we're just you know we're, we're delusional. Fox Network said we need a decision by twelve, which is three p.m. on the East Coast.
1: What? And then they're not. And then they're what? Not going to broadcast it? No. Then they're out of no. No.
0: No. They're, no, they're going to broadcast. You're you're going to get a USC Oregon game. You're I understand. Kind of we by putting,
1: putting the will by putting the heat on the Pac-12. If that's what happened,
0: that's what happened
1: act 12 to make the decision by noon
0: yeah and they did and, and they got what they wanted okay, so it, if
1: you don't decide by noon then we're not going to broadcast it
0: no if you don't decide by noon you need to pick another team and, and that's that this is it's simple it's not even complicated they yeah, don't, we care don't what the sure. team is they don't you care if it's it was Washington Fox, like they don't to, care yeah. if it's Oregon they don't care if it's called they don't care they're putting on they have the network blocked out and this is the game that's going on in order for their crew and their team and producers and directors to fly whatever they're going to do, they have to do it by a certain time. There's a whole production value that can't wait until then. I get
1: it. Then why did they they have to make a decision? No, I understand all of like, I get all of that, but up until this week, all the other games canceled. 90 minutes before game time. It's
0: a championship game. It's a different animal. If they have one production truck at these games, they probably got three at the, at the championship game. It's a different animal when you do these type of games. It's a different beast. It's not, it's not, you know, a Coastal against Miami, Ohio game on a Friday night at 10 p.m. It's not. It's their showcase game. So they are like, hey, you guys gotta you gotta figure it out. And uh, back to what Scott said was, everyone in the room knew that Washington wasn't going to show up. So what are we waiting for? Unfortunately, that's what it is. I I want to read real uh, something real quick. Uh, from um, the team physician, Doctor Kim Harmon, just to add to it. Uh, Since discovering a handful of cases within our program last week, we have taken proactive steps, including immediately pausing all football related activities in our program to try to mitigate the further spread of the virus. Unfortunately, we have continued to see positive cases over the course of the last several days, which has continued our pause of activities and ability to return to the practice field. This increase in cases combined with issues with a key position group doesn't allow for a path forward for us to, Uh, For this week, we are continuing to aggressively test everyone within our football program and we will need to have two consecutive days of negative tests before we can return to the practice field and prepare for postseason competition. And that right there tells you this wasn't going to get done. What's next for the program? Real real quick, moving on. uh, Do you do you you see that the season's over or do you think they try to get one more game in? Hey, revisit the Apple Cup. Okay, Dory, Dor, no. you're you're saying we're done, pack it up, Jimmy Lake. You know we're we're good. You you don't see a way that a week or maybe two weeks from now, you know they try to kind of no, get an exhibition game or they something. They
1: are sending the players home. Okay, send their players home. They're not. You think they're going to keep <laughs> for no bowl game for anything? No, they're sending them home. Everybody needs a break. They're going to send them home. <laughs>
0: It's uh, Scott. Do you want to chime in on now?
1: <laughs> well,
2: I I would probably venture to think that you know. Well, I mean, I do know that we're down, to, we are down to four bowl games. So for the Pac-12, so they've got to figure out who's gonna gets the go, the reward. I I I'll be honest. You you guys know how I feel. We talk about this off the air. I think they should just mail it in. I think there should be the New Year's yeah. Day six, and play the playoff games and be done. And it's it's sixteen teams and this is it. You know, and this is I mean, I just. I don't understand why you, even the, the lesser teams are talking about going, but even the big programs, Stanford has bowed out. Mm-hmm. Um, Boston college has bowed out. I mean, all the major programs are saying, Nope, we're not, we're, we're just not going to do it. I, just because of what they have to go through number one and number two, it's supposed to be a reward. You don't get to go do anything fun. You don't get to go to the cool places. You don't, the, the the sponsorship isn't going to be what it's like. The town doesn't get it. That's the other sad part. Really, the trickle down effect is that the, the town that sells, they lose out completely. There'll be no fans. There's nobody coming to the restaurants, the bars, the you know the reciprocal. But they're, you know, but money they're trying to made. go to.
1: They're trying to go to bowl games in states that are pretty much shut down anyway.
2: Yeah, no, I I don't disagree with you, I'm just saying I just don't I know. know why they just don't blanket. Let's just call it this New Year's Day six. The two, bowl game, the two playoff games, and we're, we're good to go. I mean, they're going to make enough money off of that. It sucks. It's not a good, fun year. It's not what it is, but it's, it is what it is. I just think that's what they should do. So that's my two cents. I,
0: I, we have a very small sample size, right? Let's be clear. Very, very small sample size. But if, if this was it for the Huskies this year, um, if you had to have one take, each of you, one take from this season, what do you take away from this season?
1: Go ahead, Dory. Oh, well, I take um, that it, it, was a, it was good to see what's going to happen with the quarterback situation. Dylan Morris definitely uh, is coming in as the front runner. I know Sam Heward is coming in in the spring. And now everybody kind of thinks it's between those two dogs. So, we'll, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens with that. The other one is, is that it gave an opportunity due to players that opted out for some young players to shine. And here's the other part. They played four games. Guess what the, red sh- guess what the rule is for a year of eligibility. You can play four games and get your whole year back. So this is going to add even another year. For these young players, and it got some true freshmen out there to play, um, you know, I think I think that's what we chalk it up to. I think that's what we chalk it up to. I think we need to take a serious look at the OC and the special teams coach and see if we need to do something with that.
2: Well, that's a, that's a surprise. You have a comment about the coaching, huh? <laughs> uh, <laughs> In, in regards, I think, you know, to be honest with you, I mean, they did play Carnes foes. So it wasn't exactly like a preseason game, but I think for any coach, it's always good to go through the process, learning what your, your systems are, what worked well, what didn't work communication wise. Uh, I think obviously a great start. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, it's a cheap three and one win the North division of the pack 12, you know, coach like can put on his, um, uh, you know, career, but it's an asterisk one, but, uh, you know, but I also do agree with Dory in the in the in regards. Of, I think you think that there's some things that probably will be questioned even in the offseason, looking just on a short little sample size. But I thought, well, you know, good start. I thought his his team looked resilient. I mean, the, the, the come from behind win over Utah was huge. I thought that really showed me about because a lot of times, you know, the saying goes the team is kind of the 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 personality on the field of the head coach. And I think coach Leg brings that, I think he has a sense of resiliency and, and wants to do those things. So I think that part was good. Um, obviously, you know, even in, in, you know, we're going to talk about later, that you know, the pressure on some of these coaches about firing them after this year that they've had, I mean, how can you really be evaluated in a year like this? I mean, it's really is tough. I mean, it's some, you know, we're only going to have played four games by the end of the year and some teams, you know, play 10 to 11, but, uh, is still the way the, the way the season went, but you know, I, I felt like it's a good uh, as they say, uh, uh, good way to do a play. You know, you got to put on all the clothes, do the part, made the lights got on. You got playing of your kids and got to see what you're about. And I, I agree. There's got some young kids. There is one little clarification though. Door um, the all kids this year. There's no there was no clock this year. Everybody's eligible, which we'll talk about later. So the backup is going to be huge. Coming down the road because you can imagine that an Alabama can end up with like 120 scholarship players. They won't even have a walk-on program because they're going to have have such a.
1: Their guys will go ahead and leave early, though. Oh, I get, I, I get. Players are going to go ahead and leave early. But
2: I get it. But the end, but my point is, as usual, the NCAA has not shown no leadership in this deal
1: mm. and has
2: not put a stiff on the numbers. And that that's going to be a cost effective thing. We'll talk about it more down the road, but it's, 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 it's going to be an issue. There's no doubt about that.
0: Well, we could get into it right now. Um, I want to, uh, be the first person to let you know, um, here you go. I got big news. Um, I have entered the transfer portal. I'm going to go to the Huskies uh, and, and transfer. So I am, I am one of, uh, we're probably up to close to 200 kids that have had, uh, have had already been in that transfer portal. Uh, so I just want to let you know, I have submitted my information. I reached out to SA Advocates to uh, go work with me and uh, we're setting something up. So uh, let's just kind of go with there, right? It just seems like a natural segue. Let's talk about this transfer situation. Um, We're close to 200 kids. I mean, another 10 minutes, we'll probably have another 20 kids. What is going to happen? You started this conversation already alluding to uh, the year of eligibility and, you know, you don't have to sit out a year for the transfer. What do you think that possibly can happen? And I guess my other part of this question is how can it strengthen and weaken certain programs by all this happening at the same time?
2: Um, well, to be honest, this was I got this today. There's in the last 12 days, there's been 190 players have entered the transfer portal. So you're probably really talking about 250 by about now. Yeah. Um, so the going to be pretty big. Um, you know, some teams literally go and find a new team shopping through the transfer portal. And redo their whole team, their whole roster from that way, i.e. Uh, Mississippi State might be a program that might be doing something like that. And there's a purge program part of this deal. You know, I know Florida State's, you know, getting, there's a lot of players that have left there and gone through that whole deal. Because, uh, you know, the, maybe the writing's on the wall down there, you know, moving out the deal. Um, the transfer portals, uh, and, and then when, with the NCA again, uh, you know, saying that it's okay for guys to just transfer immediately and get, get it done. It's going to be a wild west here for the next couple, couple of week, months. And, uh, you know, with all the changes, i.e. Auburn happening, you know, coaching changes, how many kids could leave there and jump in. And mm-hmm. uh, the impact's huge. Again, where's the number? Where's it lie? To your point, Dory, there will be a lot of guys that will leave programs. But I kind of look at the, you know, the, the UW softball program. Uh, usually they have 16 to 18 uh, scholarships. But the way the rules work, that four seniors got to stay on this year and the UW softball team passed around the hat and raised $50,000 to pay for those girls to play on the team. Wow. So I'm just saying who's got all this extra passing the hat stuff when we're, you know, budgets cuts everywhere, left and right. So it's the impacts are going to be huge. How is it going to end up looking, but it also, you know, if you're, you're taking the chances of the kid too, you, I mean, you, you throw yourself in that portal, you better, you better have a good, a good idea of what you're going to be doing because it doesn't mean that you're going to be taken out of that portal too. And you can go back to your team and see how that works because you basically rolled on them. So it's a two-way street.
1: Okay. Well, a couple of things. Um, the, one of the things that you guys brought up and that is that this transfer situation, if you go through a transfer portal as a graduate transfer, then you don't have to sit out a year. The Pac 12.
2: Yeah, they, they that they, they
1: they there is
2: no there's no rule this year. You can just transfer. They
0: eliminated the rule.
1: They eliminated so that year. rule. Okay. Because, so yeah. Yeah. because last year it was changed just for in the Pac 12, and none of the other power five schools changed their transfer rule. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But you had to yeah. get the permission from the coach of the team you left. In order to be able to play right away with the new team that you went to within a co- within the conference within the conference, yeah. so that was a little caveat that was in there. That's number one. Number two, this thing about passing the hat to keep to keep um, scholarship players on a team, right? Well, they're doing that with the non revenue non revenue generating teams, is what I'm seeing, and it has hugely impacted my tennis player because the D1 schools that were looking at her don't have space and they don't have the money. Mm. Okay, so she's really in a t- a really tough spot. It will also impact this year's juniors in high school because w- because of this trickle down effect of what's going to happen. By again getting another year, so um, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just stating some facts on it, right? Just state well, some facts it, on it.
2: it. The backup, the backup numbers are incredible. So if you think about it. Last year's seniors got to stay this year with no restrictions. So that's one group. So then there's some out the door. I know some eligible wise can el- come back. Then you brought in this class that went into this, this this past class. Now you have the new class coming in. That's coming in this spring, early summer The twenty twenty one class. Yeah, yeah. And then you've given these guys no. L, there's no. There. There's been no uh, uh, clock tick on their on their year, so they're basically sitting wherever they are, Redshirt freshman, redshirt junior. Mm. So they're still sitting. My point is, it's just the stack up effect, and that's where uh, things right. are going to Who's? I mean, who? I mean, we we've all seen it. We follow it heavily. Look at Arizona; they chopped thirty people in the beginning, in the middle of the uh, Pac-12 season, to get you know to clear up some room. I mean, the UW is still said that they're going to probably get rid of some people. Um, so the clearing out is still there. I mean, it's 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 just the effects of the whole thing and how it's going to be paid for. That's the really interesting piece. And to your point, you're right. That's what they the, the you know the non-revenue sports. They cut them a lot of them that's how they're going to try to save some money but boy what costs for a, a, a girl tennis player like you from your program that really is the sad part that sucks about the whole thing yeah. and that's because that yeah. football is king on the campus both know that and, and basketball but should it always be the king so
1: well and 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 here's here's what we're seeing i mean if we're giving a personal viewpoint of this here's what we're seeing is that what could happen is that some of those kids that some of those athletes that were d one are d one players and the the where they want to go to school has no space for them. then some of these smaller d one schools are getting power five d one players, and this can then bolster their programs so it that could be the silver lining in what in 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 the trickle down effect it 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 really could it really could so anyway it's not all negative that's a positive piece is that there are some schools out there that um are not power five schools however they do have space and man how great does it go to where somebody wants you and and recruits you hard so that that's a that's a positive i think it happened
2: Happened today with uh, Temple. They got the backup quarterback from Florida State, who's a really good football player. So I mean, yeah, you're right. Those and lower, lower program, some really good guys. Shiloh,
1: Dion Sanders' son went into the uh portal today. Shiloh Sanders did. Uh I'm guessing he's going to Jackson State, where Dad's coaching. Yeah,
0: Put yeah. There. I I think Dad is yeah. saying you have two options: you go to Jackson State or you go to Jackson State. Yeah. So, uh yeah and, and listen I, I i love to see it because i mean you know without trying to make this a, a history show um that's where your star black football players used to go i mean before they started going the historically, to all the, yeah, historically yeah that's where that's colleges. where they, you know if you go back to the 60s and 70s and i mean that's where they went you know that's where you had all these talented players going to so it's great that i would love to see a shift Kind of going back there where, more importantly, right, where the kids are comfortable. Always be somewhere where you're going to be comfortable, right? I mean, I think whether you're a coach or a teacher or a parent, you just want your kids to be happy to enjoy that experience. Some of the conversations I've had with other parents that have uh, just been just incredibly sad for their kids saying, you know, uh, I I got a buddy, you know, his son is at USC. He was like, You should be partying and doing things to get out of your system and go a little crazy. But that's part of the college experience, right? Have a great time, have these experiences, meet some friends for life, go into business with some of these people, right? But that's really what college is, right? I mean, you get your education, but it's the connections, it's, it's the relationships. Yeah. And that's all that's being missed, you know, going on almost a year now as we come up on 2021. So hopefully not hopefully, we're going to eventually get back to that, but it's great to see some of these kids making decisions to say, I want to go where I'm going to be comfortable, where they want me, like you just alluded to. And if that's what comes out of it, then not too bad, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how this all goes. And I am concerned, you both brought it up. I am concerned for the sports um, that are not Football, whether it's wrestling program, whether it's a lacrosse program, depending where you're at, it's a program or a club, you know, softball, baseball, you know, things like that. You know, so we hope that those programs can survive gymnastics, you know, so we just hope that these programs yeah. can survive all of this because we know that there'll always be money for football, but we're not sure about the rest of the sports and what happens with those kids. So it will be really interesting to see what goes on.
1: Yeah, and it's the money from football that supports all those other programs. And so, um, anyway, they all depend on each other for sure.
0: Speaking of money, um, Scott, you were talking about Arizona laid (laughs) off how many people? 30. 30 people. You know what they should do? This is my suggestion to Arizona. They should lay off their coach, fire him, send him home, And then give them seven and a half million dollars to do nothing at home. Because I think that makes a lot of sense, especially if you're going to fire 30 people and not do that. What are your thoughts on that, Scott? Do you think that that makes a lot of sense? You're struggling for money and we're going to fire somebody, which means it's not the firing part that I have a problem with. Is Now you're going to spend money to hire somebody else to come into your program. But, you know, pay them out of $7.5 million as Kevin Sumlin gets fired after getting a whooping uh, by Herm Edwards, 70-7. to 7. Um, Absolutely incredible. What were your thoughts? First off on the score, because I was shocked by the score, and then Scott was like, yo, he's getting fired.
2: Well, you know, I think the, op- the opening play alone, uh, special teams – uh, alluding to Dory's favorite, uh, you know, a kid was about eight yards deep in the end zone and he came out and he still ran it back to the house. Uh, that, and the game was over. I mean, it was just, that was, it was, that game was done and over. You know, I struggle with this because obviously I have, you know, skin in the game with somebody that I know that's that, that coaches in college football, but um, you know, he and I talk about it quite often and, and it's really a frustration to the, to, to the process. I think that, uh, you know, when, when, major college complains about sports, about money and stuff like that. And then they proceed to do things like this, you know, cut 30 people, get rid of their coach, drop him a check for 7 million, forget about the other 10 assistance lives that are going to get changed. Yeah, And they're going to lose jobs. Those guys are going to be out of a deal. And the administrators and everybody else get to, you know, basically stay and stuff like that. It's tough for me to see. And, you know, I mean, his was small. The bigger one we'll talk about, I'm sure, in about the next couple sentences. But, uh, you know. The whole the whole thing is just out of control. I mean, and, and I, it's just shocking. Number one that we even have these conversations in a year of a pandemic. Because I, I again, I kind of go back to how you can really evaluate somebody. Now that there's been a you know longer time with someone, been there for a while, and Coach Malzon. But my point being, um, in a year where, we're, where things are financially tough, man, it's just amazing for me to see them drop a seven million dollar check, and then like you said, what's going to be the new price tag to get the next guy? I mean, they were talking about Urban and Meyer. They were offering him 14 million a year to talk about coming back. 14 million. And some of these coaches have those contracts that were written where they got to be top three of the guys and thing. Coach Saban was about to start getting a raise just by Coach Meyer getting back in the game. I mean, it's it's crazy to think that this kind of money could be out there for these guys, and then to complain about you know you can, you know, we we don't have a dollar in our pocketbook and stuff like that. So. We all know where it all stems from, you know, i.e. the Friday night game. We're going to play Friday night, 5 o'clock. I don't care who shows up. Sisters of the Poor versus Sisters of the Poor. We're playing Friday night if you want that check. So, um, but it's, uh, you know, end of the day, it's, it is a business. And it's a tough business, that's for sure. A lot of money. A lot of money.
1: Dory? Yeah, well, um, lots, of, uh, lots of thoughts as usual Uh, well we
0: we know you're a big kevin sumlin fan so let's just just talk about that fandom for a second
1: (laughs) well without without making it too personal um you know you i've been down the road a couple two three times um with my brother and um and with my dad and it's never fun it's never fun to, to go through a firing. Um, it's just, it's, it's, it's never fun. And, and it hurts a lot of people. It hurts a lot of people. It almost hurts the people that love that person more than it hurts that person. And the reason I say that is that the coaching profession at the D1 level, and even at the D2 level, is there, you know, you're either getting fired or you're getting hired. Mm. And and somewhere in between those two, you you really get to do what you love to do. And so um, I don't personally wish ill will on people and it's really hard and he has a wife and, and two kids and um, you know, that, that that's the family side of it. I went through it with my brother um, when he was at Michigan State with John L. Smith. And that was really hard. Um, we went through it at Central, and that was a hot mess. Um, and so, and, and usually it comes from athletic directors wanting to go in a quote unquote different direction, right? That's usually what happens. But when you have um, a hiring that I think was questionable in the first place, because of what happened at Texas A&M, then I just don't know that anybody should really be surprised that there was a, a, a firing at, at Arizona for Kevin Sumlin. Because when you look at the body of work, um, it, 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 it has some chinks in it. It has, it's very suspect. And I just think that I was surprised by the hire at, at U of A when it happened. And because Texas A&M turned into such a hot mess, and you kind of got to look at who's at the top in order to figure out what's really happening. When when someone was at Texas A&M, he went through three offensive coordinators in less than a season and a half. Guys were leaving the program. He didn't fire them. They were leaving the program. So there are things going on that, that create a lot of, um, a lot of unrest, a lot of unrest. Uh, You guys, he got 10.5 million from Texas A&M when he got fired. Now he's got 7.5 million from the buyout at Arizona, plus the salary he made while he was coaching at Arizona. Dude has almost $20 million sitting there, man. Why not just go play golf for a while? But the bigger piece is, how's Arizona going to find the money to hire somebody that that, that is of Pac-12 and D1 caliber? Who's gonna get, who are they looking at for this job? Because it's it's not one that people are flocking to.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with them. Uh, defense coordinator Paul Rhodes is going to jump in. He's been around for a long time. Uh, he was a head coach at Iowa State and has done tons of assisting uh, coaching jobs, so he'll come in and and just kind of Write the ship, and who knows, man, Maybe you turn around and give it to somebody like that. Give it to somebody young, you know. If you're having trouble and you don't want to spend all this money, man, give give somebody opportunity. There's a lot of young people out there, you know. As Scott is alluding to, you know, having skin in the game. You know, there's a lot of great young, talented, uh, innovative minds out there. How about a, a not a retread for a program and, and start and build it up? If you're not going to find the person that you're looking for, because apparently you thought you had that person, and that's not the case. Yeah. You know, record 9-20 and 20 the, la- the three years that he was there, 6-17, and 17, never beat Arizona State. We know how these rivalry games are. You know, if we're here at Washington, if you're not bo- uh, beating Washington State or vice versa, your job is always going to be on the line. Same thing with any sport. If you're not winning your conference or division games, you just don't last because in order for you to succeed, you have to win your division. In order for you to win your conference, in order for you to win a championship so you know why not do something different so hopefully they will maybe they'll look at you know some of these younger guys out there and say hey as a young innovative coach offensive coordinator maybe we'll bring them in you know surround them with some assistants you know like a Paul Rhodes so someone has been around that can kind of help them say okay you know you need to do x y and z for the programs but um hey Kevin Sumlin Great, great buyout. We are all going to go over there, uh, you know, go play some golf with him. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's got a lot of a lot of space there. And, you know, you know, steaks on the grills. You know, he's got plenty of cash. So that will be good. And, you know, we can hang around and, uh, and make some jokes. Um, you know, we uh, we heard that Illinois coach Lovey Smith uh, was let go. I, you know, I know his record is not great, but he's at Illinois. You know, and uh, I'm not sure what they're going to make out of that. And uh, and obviously the big news was uh, Auburn head coach, Gus. Scott, when you heard that, I mean, Jesus, Gus, eight seasons, 68 and 35 SEC, SEC title in 2000, in 2013, lost to that Florida State team for the national title game. Twenty one point four five million dollar buyout. If you make a decision like that, you must already have someone in place. Uh, what were your thoughts um, about Gus getting fired?
2: Well, there have been some rumblings about, you know, kind of stirring the pot. And uh, so I, it's not – the the timing is the surprise part for me personally. I just won a game over the weekend. Um again, uh, you know, you know, going back to what you were saying, I mean, he doesn't, it hasn't beaten, uh, Alabama very much, got ripped again this year in who, Alabama. Who does? I, I get it, right? but who does? no, I get it. And, um, uh, but, uh, again, it's just that money thing that just always gets me and it's, you know, 22 million bucks and, and, you know, the rumor mill is that it's going to be a, a retread and, you know, Hugh Freeze probably the guy that's going to get that job. And, Uh, you know, we all know about the story past of him in the past and what he's, what, what he's done. So, um, I, I, I struggle with that whole piece, you know? Um, and so again, you know, you know, he walks away with 21 million, the staff walks away with another nine, $30 million in hole for Auburn. Um, I'm not sure exactly who their booster guys are. But you know, somebody was writing some checks to get those guys out of there. Yeah, and we're all going to post 5. our
0: address, right? Uh, they can all send us a check. Uh, send us five uh, percent of that check uh, uh, for the Christmas holidays, yeah. right? We're good with that, right?
2: And there's it's ten ten point five in thirty days he gets. So um, I'm sure the wife. I'm sure the wife asked, "Was that direct deposit?" Um, <laughs> you know, just in case before, before the uh, before the end of the, the New Year comes. So um, yeah, again, the money is crazy the retread situation, uh, is, it makes it interesting. And I know we'll talk about in the second part of that retread situation at Liberty in a second here. So I won't ruin that part, but I mean, it's just the whole, the whole idea of the whole thing. And, uh, uh, good luck to you. Talk about Hugh Freeze.
0: Why, why, why is Hugh Freeze going to be a controversial hire for him?
2: Well, he was at the Ole Miss and got caught in a, in a situation where, um, uh, they started doing some background work on him and finding in his phone records that he was calling a certain 1-800 number. And it wasn't for Jesus. It was for somebody else. <laughs> it was usually on the other end of that phone call. And, um, you know, just the they got together and things like that and tried to rehab his career. So he went up to uh, Reverend Falwell's uh, University of Liberty, who then had to resign this year for um, some issues that he had personally, Reverend did. And so um, Hughes kind of comes with some background, uh, with some back, uh, you know, story stuff. And then, uh, you know, the, ru- the, the rumor, on, not the rumor, but the thing came out today that uh, Art Riles resigned as the head coach of his high school, who was embroiled in the whole Baylor stuff, who they rumored to be the, maybe the guy to go into to, he's uh, going to uh, is gonna end up at Liberty, Liberty. University. So, I mean, it's, again, it's it's the retread to retread to retread to retread that's just, and, you know, with $22 million to one guy. So, I just uh, I just shake my head at the whole thing. It's crazy. It's crazy. It is crazy. Go ahead, Dory.
1: Well, uh, Hugh Freeze is no longer on suspension from the SEC. That uh, No one has said that uh, on the record, but I- – pretty sure that uh, the Auburn ad who is in his third year there and Scott yeah okay um, it has has decided to uh, go in another direction in another direction and uh, again sometimes be careful what you wish for sometimes be careful what you wish for because when you decide to go in another direction and your team has been at the top of the SEC, competitive. you and, and I just don't know. You know, what makes you think that just because Hugh Freeze was successful at Liberty, right? That he could be successful at Auburn, there there's to me, there's a whole lot of writing on the wall because the AD that's there did not hire. Gus Malzahn. So he has no quote unquote skin in the game with, with Gus. And Scott, you mentioned something before we came on air about a little connection with the AD and the city of Seattle.
2: Yeah, he's the um, he's a former O'Day High School uh, player, went to Notre Dame University and is now, uh, Alan Green is his name, he's the AD there. And the, the double irony of the whole thing is, you know how Hugh Freeze is having his success this year at, at, at Liberty? With the transfer from Auburn football to quarterback. Yeah.
1: <laughs> right. Because that's, Bo Nix came double, in there and won the, won the job as a true freshman. Yeah. So
2: there, there's the double whammy to the whole story. Your yeah. success was based on the old Auburn kid who's, yeah. So it's – Yeah. I, portal, don't, don't be else.
0: surprised who's in the transfer portal in about two weeks. So we'll, we'll we'll see. how, how the, be, goes if I'm right. the
1: quarterback at Liberty. I would not be going to Auburn because Bo Nix is there, and good luck beating him out. Yeah, well, Bo Nix hasn't looked I don't great. I know. Then I maybe think Bo goes somewhere. Who it, knows? But Bo knows.
0: Well, let's talk about this, man. You know, this this really kind of made me uh, wow, I, I, beyond upset, agitated, frustrated. Uh, a little bit disgusted, uh, knowing that our whether he comes back or not, is the fact that his name um, has resurfaced. Um, you know, we, for, you know, for the people that I don't know, in, in 2017, a uh, former Baylor student alleged that 31 football players committed 52 acts of rape. Uh, five gang rapes were alleged to have taken between 2011 and 2014. Uh, according to the Texas morning news. And there were a, a slew of different things. There, There's there's uh, allegations that he knew about it. And he said, what do you want me to do about it? Uh, not bring it up to authorities, so on and so forth. So it, 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 became, it, uh, it becomes a thing of, you know, he said, he said, he said, he said, he said, oh, by the way, somewhere down that line, she says. And he got dismissed and he got fired. The AD got fired. And, you know, he went off. He tried to get a job with the Canadian Football League. When Canadian Football League found out about it, he was fired within hours. Once yeah. they got wind win of it, he bounced around. I believe he went to Europe and then uh, eventually came back and, and got a job at this high school. Um, whether he knew it or not, which there's no way that he cannot know what's going on with a, this type of program when – Just like Patino, you are the king of that castle. And whatever Patino's involvement was or wasn't, you knew something smelled a certain way. And
1: Art- Just like Urban Meyer. Just like
0: Yeah, I just want to keep it on Art right now. We we, we could hammer up Urban another time. Art knew what was going on to a certain extent. He had heard the rumors. He had heard about certain things and there was enough smoke for the fact that this man might be around, let alone high school, and, and the whole high school situation is crazy because they pretty much snuck him in under a vote on a board and, and made him a coach, but I don't want to get into all that. The fact that this man has been around other impressionable young men and might have a chance to do it all over again and have that opportunity, um, as a society, as people that are in charge to make these decisions, the lack in care toward, you know, and I say fellow man, but I include women in that is absolutely disgusting. And, and it just bothers me to no end that this man is back in the conversation.
1: Well, I think that anybody that's even considering that he should be on campus around young people, you you need to have your head examined. There isn't anybody that is that good of a, that you're going to put all of your basic human decency to the side and let that ride? No, no, not okay. None of it's okay.
2: Yeah. When when I was coaching for the Huskies, one of the first things that happened to us, you, you had certain procedures you went through one of them is you got your Franklin planner, Coach James went through all these things. But one of the biggest things you get you got was I got a little card that had to stick into my wallet and had Coach James' personal home phone, it had a cell number. Every coach has a home phone number and their cell number. My point being and we had this the local UW police and then the guy that we knew was a local Seattle police officer in that area we had all those numbers and a little card. My point being to you guys, the head coach knows. They know. They always know. They know before. Well oh, and the reason they, yeah you have to, I mean you have at, your job. At,
1: yeah. And the reason that Coach James did that was so he could be in the know. Absolutely. Not so he was in our brials and shoved it under the rug and ignored it. Coach James did that because he wanted to be in the know. He's like, look, you're going to make a mistake. If you make a mistake, I need to be the first phone call.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's, it's a double whammy in the whole thing. I mean, obviously, Art Bryles' name wouldn't have been, would, Art Riles wouldn't have done what he did today unless he has already had some back, you know. Yeah, because
0: uh, I, uh, Ian McCall is the AD for Liberty. And oh, by the way, he was with with uh, Baylor. So that, that's the tie-in. So he's going to, you know, they all tie it in. Um, let's just kind of move on, but there's no way to easily segue out of it. It was just more ranting and raving about all that. Um, you know, let, let's keep it negative. Let's just keep it negative. Why not? With Utah State, I mean, they didn't play against oh. Colorado State this week because of what uh, some of the comments made by President no- Noel Crockett uh, head coach Frank Males uh, said he wasn't considered for the head coaching job at Utah State because, and I'm going to do this under quotes, because of concerns that my religion and Pacific Islander culture would negatively impact the university's future football program. He's Polynesian, also a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The the students got wind of this uh, about these comments. Uh, They had a vote on it and voted not to play. (sighs) I mean, this is just this is ridiculous. This is this is a coach that's already there
1: that he's been committed to the program. He's given his a former player. No, will he's a former player. He's a former player. I'm just shaking my head. I'm not sure that there are words, but I am shaking my head because first that head coach, Frank, he has a lawsuit. He, he had to have a bunch of attorneys calling him and saying, dude, you have a defamation of character lawsuit. And how about hiring practices? Yeah, those are, those are big, big. But aside from that, I mean, and, and Scott, you, you brought this up when you shared this information with us, and that is, ha, I mean, we have a personal friend who really is like another one of my brothers that is because of this craziness, he's gonna end up without a job.
2: Yep, how, yep.
1: How does the president of a university First of all, if you think that way, you you need to get a different job. Number two, you actually said it. Not only do you think it, but you said it. If I how does Utah State not get how does somebody not step in and get rid of her? Yeah. Because if I'm at Utah State, if I'm
0: under investigation now money
1: to that university, chick is gone.
0: Scott, yeah. what are your thoughts? Well, and, uh, we're going to wrap it up in about 10 minutes, so we'll uh, speed it up a little bit.
2: Yeah, it's, my, my biggest frustration, to be honest with you, is, it, I mean, it even starts, even stems from farther down, Coach Gary Anderson quit on the on the staff and yes. put those coaches in position because they don't have contracts. So they literally get their last check in two weeks. Merry Christmas to them. Uh, this coach gets treated that way in the process, in the hiring process. Uh, the whole thing is just an absolute joke, and uh, you know disappointed in in the administration, disappointed in Anderson, disappointed in the situation and and it gets personal for both Dory and I because somebody that we know and we care about is going to be in a bad situation, and you know he 's got you know daughter who 's going to be a senior supposedly in high school next year how does do you stay do you leave do you get out i mean what's i mean i mean there 's just so much so many questions, and that 's the hard part people just don 't really realize the impact it has on the 10 assistants that it really affects. And yeah. it's, you know, I you know people get pissed off and they say, well, these guys make so much money. Yeah, they do. But they are literally at will employees. If their head coach gets res- fired for whatever reason, they're gone. That's that's they're, they're, they're done. And that check is gone. That's why most of these coaches, assistant coaches are now looking trying to get two to three year extensions just to pr- protect themselves. I mean, it's tough, man. It's, yeah. you know, it, we've talked about two prior coaches who who who've had checkered paths and bryles and in in uh liberty's coach and you know trees, and yep. you have to if you're a staff and you have to live with their 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 decisions and so you get let go and so now you get stuck with that and it's just it's ridiculous and so and I, i'm very very frustrating and and real really to really what dory's point is the amazing part is you thought it and you said it and now you i mean i i just don't even get that i just I mean, we've all had thoughts in our heads that we know we just can't come out of our mouths. We just know it. We just don't. At least
0: not on record. <laughs> yeah, leave it right there. Well, in that and head.
1: If I'm a parent, oh if, if I'm a parent, and, or if I'm a player of Polynesian descent or mm-hmm. Saints, uh, I Transfer just get a the- portal. Okay, yeah. so why would you want to stay there at a university whose president stands for that. No, I mean, stands for it, says it. I, yeah. No. It, it's, well, that, it's so many that, deserving
0: that. coaches, you know, I mean, that's, that's what's the frustrating part going back to the R-Bras. No, there's go so there. many deserving coaches that are looking for opportunities that are waiting for opportunities. And, and just, then you have just, uh, th- there's, there's a lot of words i could use but entitlement the fact that you feel comfortable enough to say this and feel comfortable at your job that there's yeah. no pre-cut that you don't even have to even think twice about saying saying something like this is just showing you that there's an institutional problem not just this person saying it and that's the problem yeah. that i guess we're all we're all sharing right now yeah yeah the most important win last week <laughs> by far in college football was Rutgers. Rutgers beat Maryland overtime. They got three wins. It's the first time they've ever had three wins in the Big Ten Conference. In fact, they haven't had three wins in a conference since 2000. I mean, absolutely incredible. So I guess, I guess, Shiano and COVID are like peanut butter and jelly because they're working just fine. So it'll be great. They're going to play Nebraska uh, next week, but a lot of great games last week, including uh, pretty much North Carolina kicking the Tar Heel out of the Hurricanes of Miami with over uh, 544 rushing yards. When I saw that, that was absolutely unbelievable. Uh, Can you even remember or, or, or think about anything coming close to something like that. I thought it was total yards at one point. This was rushing
1: yards. Rushing. Yeah. Well, and they set a record for the first um, running backs to both have over 200 yards rushing in a game. They set a, I mean, not just a—not just a, a, an SEC, they set an NCAA record ncaa record on that and i don't know about you but boy did i sure love watching that game and seeing miami just miami looked like number one they didn't want to be on the field from the first series they didn't want to be there and i love that Mac brown just kept running the ball Offensive play calls, they had, a, they had a, um, a Statue of Liberty play when they're way up. But, man, that thing went deep. People, people, Manny Diaz had been the D.C. at Texas. And Texas, and Mac Brown was the head coach, when Texas lost to B.Y. Who? Yep. Next day, Manny Diaz got fired. So this thing went deep. Uh, real deep. And I just relish every time Miami gets it handed to him.
0: Scott.
2: Oh, I you, you both both wins are great. Shiano's done a great job at records this year, tremendous, you know, effort and uh, uh always think about what you always say, Will. Coaching matters and coach Shiano does it right and does it the right way and, and it just shows it, you know, how it's done and and uh you know I didn't see a lot of the the, the uh North Carolina game, I did see the highlights, but I didn't need to really see the game because all I kept on getting these texts are these texts from this guy from uh, Puerto Rico who just kept on telling me, My or the North Carolina just keeps running and running and running and running and running. And I'm just like, every time I flip them back and I would see another guy highlight running it down the sidelines, I was like, He is not kidding. They are just running these guys over. It was incredible. I mean, it was unbelievable. I, you know, unfortunately, I was watching another game at the same time. So, uh, you know, uh, my allegiance sometimes doesn't always go yeah, to the other day. It, it, it's so. all
0: good. There's a lot of games on Saturday. You know, it, it's the, the last uh, last thing I want to say about this game and move on, because I, I know we, we want to wrap it up soon, um, is we talk about coaches overthinking things. You know, we, we'll have conversations like, this was working. Why didn't they? No. We're running the ball. It's working. You know what we're going to do? Uh, first option is run. Uh, the run, second option run. is run. A third option is run, and then when we have no more options, we're going to run again. And, I mean, over 300 yards for Williams, over 200 yards. I mean, it was absolute. that's the thing that I love the most about it. The coaching staff just said, this is working. Let's not get cute. Let's just keep pounding them. And what Dory said, man, they got to a point where they were just like, dude, I don't, I don't want Miami gave up Third early. quarter, you could tell. They were like, I, it's time to go home. Let's right. Can we get the clock? Can we get a running clock? We just, this, this, this is time. This, this is pack it up. And you know, I can see guys like getting on the bench, and they're just like, "Don't call me in, coach. I'm just gonna gonna hide away. Don't call my number. I don't want to go back in that game." So it was, it was absolutely incredible. Another incredible game. Listen, if the shoe fits, throw it. Throw yeah. it. It, that should be the, the the new shirt. If the shoe fits, throw it. Oh, my God, that uh, LSU-Florida game. Dory, I know that's one of the games that you were just loving. Uh, just talk about that moment and uh, the fact uh, that LSU, uh, I mean, w- what an incredible win for a team that really got beat up the entire year that looked terrible yeah. this year with LSU, and to have a victory over Florida, that was just so impressive.
1: Well, it was a huge game. I, no one except for maybe LSU – and Coach O gave LSU a chance in this game. No one did. And, and Florida came out, and this thing went back and forth. Actually, LSU got out to a huge lead. Uh, at one point, it was like 17-6 or 17-7. It, they got up to a big lead. Then Florida came back, and it was 24. It was tied at 17, then a bunch of lead changes. But we get down to the last two minutes of the game. Um, LSU has the ball. They, it's third and long. They they complete the pass, but it's not a first down. And the Florida player, defensive back, takes the shoe off the receiver. He's on the field. Takes the shoe off the receiver and throws it like 15 yards down the field. And he gets a personal foul penalty. 15 yards and a first down, and it keeps the drive alive. So then LSU, a couple more plays, they come in, and their kicker kicks like a 47-yard field goal to put LSU up 38-35, 37-34. Well, there's about 50 seconds left on the clock, and you have Kyle Traskett at, at quarterback. They come in, they are running two minute, like in scattered all over. LSU came in with, they were down eight starters, lost three defensive backs. I mean, skeleton crew. Florida ends up getting it down there and with three seconds left in the game. Go to kick a field goal. They get a penalty. So then it kicks it back five yards. Florida kicks the, tries to kick a field goal to send it to overtime. Nope missed it LSU wins they look like they just won the championship you guys it was man for LSU huge win for Florida that one play took them out they're done they're done they play Alabama and the SEC but they it doesn't matter what they do in that game it's not going to impact them getting into the to the playoff okay yeah, I, that, I, was, that was amazing
2: yeah, it was a uh, it was a tremendous finish to a great game. It was uh, it was just eerie, kind of got uh, foggy in there, and then it cleared up at the end, and it just had all the elements to making it a great game. Always, at Southeast Conference games are always fun to watch, especially night games. Um, but uh, what a finish! And uh, what a stupid play by that young man! Boy, I cannot believe that you could you would even do something like that. I just a phenomenal finish. Yeah. Something like that can happen in the middle of a game. I just I don't. No. I'm glad I wasn't his position coach and I'm glad I wasn't on that sideline because that was, it could not have been a fun moment.
1: No, but Dan Mullen, and again, rightly, he, uh, you know, defended his kid, defended his player and he goes, I know the kid and he normally wouldn't do that and whatever, whatever. Now let's wrap
0: it up, man. What games are you you looking forward to next week? What what games are you looking forward to next weekend? Obviously, you have the Pac-12 championship game. Uh, we've got Notre Dame-Clemson. I don't know if anybody's going to care about the M- Alabama-Florida game. But we've got some championship games, for me, that stands out. Coastal Carolina and the Ragin' Cajuns. I mean, how can you not care about this game? It was a, it was a close one the first time around. There's a lot now riding for the Cajuns. I mean, I'm sorry, for Coastal Carolina. Uh, it really both teams because the Sunbelt championship game, I mean, that puts you in the conversation of a lot of different things, but especially for coastal, uh, what are some of the games that you're looking forward to, uh, this, uh, championship weekend?
1: Well, you already listed them. I, you know, I, I, uh, I don't know. Be- <laughs> <laughs> just, I, I figured Scott, Scott, Scott's dogs aren't in it, man. I'll be watching these games, but come on. I, it. I, and i'm trying I'm her trying. huskies
0: are out her I mean, huskies are out
1: it's tough i know my dogs are out it, it's
0: that's keeping it's, it real that's keeping it real it just doesn't feel the same
1: yeah it doesn't feel I'll the same watching
0: games you got yeah you, it, got, uh, you got you yeah. got i'm sorry go ahead
2: i was keep an, i'm keeping an eye on the uh, clemson notre dame game obviously it's just to see what happens in that situation but to be honest well i'm with you man that raging Cajun Coast Carolina games to me is the game. I mean, it's going to be fun it's great. And it means something for both programs. Yeah. Both yeah. Coaches. They've both been mentioned at different places, uh, the whole nine yards. I think it's just a great season, great finish for both of those guys. And it means something to those kids. And that's, that's to me is the most important thing about the game, that that just means something to them. Uh, the other guys, you know, we all know Notre Dame, Clemson probably think they're probably in the playoffs. They kind of play a close game, so they're probably going to make it, um, you know, uh, so, I, I, you know, and I, I think, to be honest with you, I think if Florida would have won last weekend, I think they may have, will, may have been able to keep Alabama close, maybe for a half. I think it's going to be a whooping down there. I just yeah. think that that thing Alabama's got going is just going to be a whooping. Yeah. And so I don't think that's even going to be a game. And I'm not going to throw a wrench into the college football playoff. And, uh, just you know, and like I'm sort of like Dory. I'm a little melancholy about Friday night. So... Uh, you know, yeah. Does that, anybody that, care
0: about Ohio State against Northwestern? Do you think that's it's there's no, no, no. pizzazz to it no. with, yeah. with that game, right? I mean, I, no. I agree. I don't think it's going to be no. uh,
2: anything close. I'll be, and I, I'm, I'm actually kind of irritated with Big Ten because I feel like they just changed the rules just to make it look good so they get their team in there so they can get their – Dollars at the end of the day. Well, yeah. That was the whole know, reason they
0: came back, right? I mean, let's be clear. The whole reason, the main reason after they said we're not playing football this year, all well, the kicking and screaming was the fact that we could get Ohio State in this championship game and that was, that was the big thing. Uh, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, the best case scenario just for our show and for our conversation is for Notre Dame to be Clemson. That by far changes everything yeah. because there's no way you could put Clemson in with two losses. And and the BCS will just lose their mind and all of a sudden sixteen teams are playing for the BCS championships. They'll change it in two days. So I am hoping for what we think is not going to I think they're about a ten and a half point, eleven point uh favorite Clemson over Notre Dame. But the best scenario that can happen for college football is Clemson losing. And I don't think Northwestern would do anything, but even if Northwestern, either one of those games that we have an upset just makes things uh, a lot more brighter for us talking about college football.
1: Well, I would hope <laughs> that Iowa state gets wins. Okay. That, that is one Iowa state wins. And then maybe there's a little shakeup in the top four up there. And that that I would see, because I'm just gonna tell you straight up, I'm not a huge Dabo Sweeney fan at all. And that dude has been talking, talking. And uh, for a lot of reasons, Notre Dame's never been my team. So um, yeah, I don't really care, but I'm kind of over Dabo Sweeney. And I, I would like to see what he says when they lose and tries to lobby them still being in the the final four,
0: God wants us in the final four. We're doing God's work. <laughs> praises, praises. That's what he gonna scream.
1: <laughs> gonna try to go to church.
0: All right, boys and girls, I, it's it's time. Scott's gotta go. Dory's gotta go. I've gotta I've gotta fill up my glass of wine. It's all good. We'll do it uh, next week. Should be a lot of fun. Hopefully it'll be a lot of great games. Um, Thanks for
2: hanging. Dory Bennett, Scott Ligo. It's been fun. Peace out.